everybody so it's been a minute since you have seen the unwanted opinion pod but today we are here with some guests some special guests some friends of mine some very special friends we're here with eric we're also here with tatia here with a new friend i don't know if y'all know marquez but marquez is a new friend some of y'all may or may not know him but we know him he's crazy so say say what's up guys introduce y'all what's up guys i know who i am I am Tatiana. So also, mm-hmm. Eric. Eric also has a, a podcast of his own. Do you want to, you know, talk about your podcast a little bit so people can listen? Sure. Uh, it's called uh, the Double Down WNBA. Me and my friend Stephen Trinkwald. We do a we do an episode every week or ep- episode every other week, depending on how much we feel like doing it. But we basically um, we do like deep statistical dives into players and teams and stuff like that. We have been getting, uh, we're getting ready for the season, uh, WMA season just around the corner, finally. Uh, we're going to be doing, I think our next episode, we're going to be previewing the Phoenix Mercury season because they really don't have anything going on in the draft as usual. So we can kind of just like look forward to them. And we're going to be doing weekly previews, weekly uh, outlooks, as we like to call them, for every WNBA team upcoming and then uh, do some draft stuff and the season will be underway. So if you want to check us out, uh, Double Down WNBA, we are on Apple Podcast, Google Play, Spotify, all that good stuff. Um, yeah. Y'all better tune in. Let me y'all know. Tune is it, y'all better tune in. Let me know what y'all do, LA, so I can cry as you. Um, <laughs> same, same, you know, same. So I can just sit there. And- you know, we, we, we talked about when we talked about free agency, we did a few episodes on free agency because all that crazy stuff was happening. Uh, we're doing like a grading episode because like that's what all the cool kids do now I guess they they give teams <laughs> grades and uh, we got some extremely negative feedback on the, on the grades we gave well, the sparks but uh, well, I thought we I thought we justified ourselves pretty well that's that's the thing about us like we'll never give we'll never give our opinion and just say well that's just what I think like we actually have stuff mm-hmm. to back it up so um, we do a lot of research we're really proud of our, our product if you want to call it that so um if you want to tune in and uh, give us a shout, that'd be great. If y'all love that sure. WBA, y'all better tune in. They, 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 they better tune in. <laughs> no, you, you know you know the sad part is, because I know this is, you know, this is supposed to be a college women's basketball episode, but let's just dive on that for a second. So me and Tati <laughs> were actually on the phone together when we heard the news about Candace Parker going to Chicago. And for like a good hour, we were <laughs> silent. And we were on the phone. And we were just <laughs> silent and didn't. No, say actually, actually, the news broke. Then, then I called you. I'm like, "Did you see that?" And he was like, "Did you see that?" And he was like, "No, it's fake." And it just kept going, and we was just so we was we so quiet. quiet. Mm-hmm. We were quiet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, that one hurt for a second. Hard day as a Sparks fan. I mean, it, you are know, you, are you over it yet? I actually got I'm over it really quick. Yeah, I'm no. over it. I'm a, I like Chicago no, I'm too. So we got I'm over not, it. Yeah, we like Chicago. We got over it pretty quick. Like, yeah, I'm you a, know what it is? I think it was the initial shock. And then we saw like the pictures of her in the Chicago Sky jersey. And then we're like, dang. And then we got over it again. But I'm, I'm cool with it because I like Chicago as a team. And it's, it's the hometown squad. So I, I got to definitely buy me. Eric, if you see any Candace Parker jerseys in Chicago, <laughs> let me know. Hold on, because the Sparks still going to make the playoffs. Okay, so next up. The Sparks making the playoffs. Yeah, that's hard making the playoffs. We might be number eight, but we're going to be a strong number eight. I'll tell you that. <laughs> so, so uh, starting off, we're going to start off with 
the championship games today, West Virginia and Baylor. Um, any thoughts on, on, on that game in particular? Like, do you guys feel that, first of all, did anybody in here think that West Virginia was going to win the game at all? Let's start there. No. 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 <laughs> anybody want to elaborate uh, why not? Well, I think they you were just the dependent on Gonchalik, <laughs> and she just – there's only so much that she can do. They were already missing a really key piece of their team all tournament, um, and they struggled last game too. I think it took them overtime and a last-minute layup to even get past the semifinal, and Baylor just has yeah. so much size that West Virginia just couldn't deal with. Um, and, of course, you stick Richards on Gondrzek, and it's just like who else is going to create for them? And they had some spurts here and there, but it just wasn't enough to – keep Baylor A off the boards and be out of the passing lanes and all that good stuff. So I wanted West Virginia to win. I love a good upset, but realistically, it's just, you could kind of tell, like, after the first quarter, it was it was done. I mean, you know, it's also... To, to, to your point, Marquette, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Um, to your point, Baylor is really, really good and has always been really, really good under Kim Mulkey at shutting down star players. They mentioned this <laughs> in the broadcast, but you see whenever they play Texas, like, Charlie Collier really struggles. This is another good example of that. And that uh, Gondrzik, you know, she was crowded every time she got the ball. They played the pick and roll really, really well. And they did a good, they did a good job of keeping her out of transition. So she didn't really get those easy buckets because um, she's like a really fast player. But, you know, like they shut the paint down. They were defending the pick and roll really well. She couldn't get the jumper to fall. And like Marquez said, it's really hard to beat Baylor when you have so much of your scoring and so much of your usage coming from just one player. And I actually thought West Virginia hung in there pretty well, like through three quarters. You know, Nalissa Smith was who I think is going to be a lottery pick next season. Um, she was in foul trouble for a lot of the game. And West Virginia was able to, like, keep it within, like, 12, 10, sometimes even eight points. But at the end of the day, I mean, Baylor, they're just they're just too physical. They, they're too good in transition. They're too good at manufacturing turnovers. And uh, like Mike Carey said at halftime, he said, like, every time we take a bad shot, Baylor gets a layup in transition. And that's against really good teams. Like, you cannot afford to even – mess up even you know taking bad shots or turnovers because the same thing against like UConn because they will punish you for every single mistake and that's why Baylor's won like 30 big 12 championships in a row you know I mean it's also hard to beat a team when you're shooting 27 percent from the field and 18 percent from the three so yeah woo is right that's exactly what they were held to and like you said Baylor I think Kim Mulkey just there's something about Kim Mulkey when they play star players like you said that just shuts them down I think she might be probably by far one of the better teams and better coaches to do that. Like when they have a star player, they don't let the star player get hot at all. So totally. I don't know what she says to them in the locker room, but it's there. Honestly, you could say Baylor is like the star player killers in, in that regard. Like we see a lot of people in the tournament and they just don't know how to stop the other team star players from doing anything. So uh, Kim Mulkey definitely has the blueprint in doing so. You know, what, what I, when I'm all looking at like players who are going to be drafted or, or should be drafted or whatever, I always like to see how they do against Baylor because if you can have a good game against Baylor as like your team's primary option, that says a lot. Um, obviously, you know, like Charlie Collier, but, but on the other, on the other hand, if you don't do well against Baylor, well, I mean, it's not, it's not like a, a big knock against yeah, your game because nobody does well against Baylor. <laughs> we don't also to the point Eric made, like if you watch the game, Baylor didn't really have a clean offensive game. It was really messy on both ends and, I agree with Eric. West Virginia kept it really close, like, but that ten that they were kind of down all game, it just felt like twenty because yeah. they they weren't really able to get into their sets. Um, at halftime, Mike he was like, "Well, 
Kaiser, she needs to get screen action. They tried doing that. She was just all over the place. Um, Richards and Urson were just all over her, like hounding her on both ends, really making it hard. Um, and then I think one thing for Baylor that they really just have to clean up though was the turnovers. Like, I think that's what kept West Virginia in it, even though it felt like it was closer than what it actually was. Cause I mean, you look at it, Baylor didn't shoot the three really well. A lot of their turnovers came from charges. That's why a lot of them did get in foul trouble, especially towards the middle part of that game where West Virginia was making a push. Um, but like Eric said, it's just so hard to, to match their physicality on both ends. Cause everyone is so tall and, Urson's not tall, but she's strong. And yeah. that's like that's, that's just like an X factor for them. She had a really cool tip and play um, that really kind of punched momentum, you know, from West Virginia when they were building that too. So they're just hard to beat. Um, so I don't know. Do you think that um, going down the line, this like the way that Baylor plays, especially with their defense, like you said, the star killers, do you think that that could actually help them going down the line in the tournament? Or do you feel like they need more like – from the performance today, do you feel like if they play like this again, depending on who they run into, it's going to be bad news for them? Yeah, I think it really just depends. Um, a lot of people didn't perform well against them, but I will say I think a lot of teams that traditionally have success against them, especially in the tournament, are really high-power offenses that can shoot really well. If you look back, Louisville, when they upset them, they had Shoney Schimmel. Um, Oregon State a couple of years ago. You went back back. I'm just saying, it, 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 it's a pattern. <laughs> Oregon State a couple of years ago, they had length, they had shooting, they had discipline. Um, so it, it just really depends. I think sometimes Baylor gets into trouble when they are forced to kind of move defensively. I know today, Gondrasek really likes to get into the lane. She's a shooter somewhat, but she, that's not her game. She wants to, you know, beat you in transition, take you off the bounce. Um, but if you look at the games that they struggled, Arkansas, Iowa State twice. Iowa State actually beat them for a second year in a row. And look at those offenses, really deliberate when it comes to moving, passing, screening, and they have shooters that really spread you out can stretch and spread you out. So you get Egbo out of the paint, it's a whole different ball game. You make Smith kind of chase you around the perimeter, it's a different ball game than when they're not really forced to move. I mean, Eric, you, you wanted to add something you were saying. Um, no, I think Mark has summed it up pretty well. I, uh, Baylor, <laughs> if, if they can, if Baylor can create enough havoc against a team's offense, I don't think they're going to have any trouble. But against, like you said, a disciplined team or a team that, as he was alluding to, can't spread it out. The one thing I remember again in that game against Arkansas was that Arkansas was getting to their rim like very, very easily and drawing fouls very, very easily because some of those Baylor bigs, like they're having trouble defending in space. Mm-hmm. And they're having trouble uh, shutting down the pick and roll. Like if you can get past that first line of defense, I think you can kind of get Baylor out of position there, but I don't think this Baylor team is as dominant as it has been in recent years, but at the same time, it wouldn't surprise me if like they end up being a one seed too, because they're still just so good. Ooh, you put them at the one yeah. seed. Yeah. Yeah, I would. Cause I don't think there are any like clear one seeds aside from UConn and, and Stanford and, and maybe Ooh, South Carolina. UConn but... is still like, they're, they're obviously going to be a one seed, but even then, UConn is still, in my opinion, kind of sketchy for the one seed. Why? Mm-hmm. Honestly, looking at their game, I mean, first of all, it's kind of, it's kind of hard to, because of the, 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 like, the conference they're in. Let's, let's start there. Like, we all know that conference, for me, is a little bit too weak for UConn. I feel like if they were playing a little bit more competition, then we would see how well they are as a one seed. Not saying that, I'm not taking nothing away from them because they are a good team, but I just feel like I, I kind of feel like it's a little easy for them. 
I've been saying that about UConn for how long now? Oh, everybody's been. <laughs> oh, for sure. Like, and, and you wouldn't be wrong, but I just feel like it's a little easy for them. And then, like the game that they lost. Like you, you kind of Arkansas again, yeah. Yeah, yeah like Arkansas. Arkansas. Well, I... Wait, no, what are you saying? No, no, go ahead. Well, you know, in fairness, I think that game, everything just went right for Arkansas. And I think to beat UConn, no matter who's on their team, everything just has to go right for of you. Of course. Like I love, I love Dungey, but she hadn't had a game like that after that game. In <laughs> fact, she struggled a lot after that. So I just think that was just the perfect storm. And you know, like. They didn't really do well stopping Paige. She kind of did her thing. It was everyone else that just didn't really step to the plate. Um, and that's the and thing, I, I don't. Like, I feel like that's, that's, that's a lot another, of times. That, that, that's one of the. I was gonna say yeah. That's one of the issues. Like you kind of Don't get me wrong. Paige is Paige is a hooper, but I feel like if Paige isn't not is, is really kind of having a game where she's not the best, and it's like UConn doesn't really know what to do after that. Like yeah, they they true. have Nelson Adota, but like, what do you do? Like. After well, she's Paige. not really that, that, that's a good point because she's not really like an offensive threat if you yeah. keep her out of the paint. And yeah. Kristen Williams has been kind of inconsistent this year as like their second yeah. option or whatever. So, yeah, yeah, if if you can just like let Paige Beckers get hers and, and, and someone else has an off game, yeah, they're vulnerable exactly. for sure, exactly. And I think we kind of saw that, like, like, like uh, Marquez was saying, I mean, everything was going right for Arkansas, but like you kind of saw that, like. Once, once, once Paige is Paige is doing her thing. There's like no, there's nobody else really to help Paige at that point. Yeah, it happened twice versus uh South Carolina and Tennessee. She was the one who versus South Carolina in overtime. She was the one who took over and won the game for him. Well, you know, I think with UConn, their biggest contributors, especially if you look at it towards the end of the season, have been the freshmen of yeah. Paige, mm-hmm. and then you have Leah Edwards, and then you have Nika Nika Mule who really stepped up to the plate, especially when the upperclassmen really haven't been as, I don't want to say as good, but as consistent as you would have hoped. Um, and I think Paige can only take them so far. And like I said, she can take them far, but I think it really is going to come down to what those upperclassmen can give them um, on both ends. I know towards the end of the season, Williams really found her shot and was able to be that defensive stopper, but you just never know. And then with a Dota, can she stay out of foul trouble? Will she stay out of foul trouble? Like those are two really important things that if you know if you get her to foul, you just have Edwards and they don't really have much post def after that. Um, and you know, Westbrook is someone that we've seen something, you know, we've seen that what she can do before with Tennessee and all that, but I still don't think she's fully healthy either. I think she's been that steady Eddie guy for them on the roster this year, but she really hasn't had an explosive offensive showing for them yet. Um, so I think going forward for them, it's just like, which upperclassman is going to be that support that those three freshmen are going to, you know, inevitably need because they've never been in those positions before. So. And and I think that's why for me, of course, UConn's going to go far. Like I, you would be tripping if you don't think they're going to get to the final four, but I feel like if they run into a stronger team, that's, that's where it stops. Like I, I can see, I can honestly see them probably being beaten by a team that they shouldn't be beaten by. I mean, we don't know who's all going to make it yet. You know, selection hasn't even started yet, but if we had to take a guess, like I can actually see them being upset by uh, probably like, uh, like what, like a second, third team, something like that. It wouldn't be that much of an upset, but it'd be upset in UConn's eyes. No, uh, Okay, I guess we gonna move on because if I said nothing else, I thought yeah, I'll be all like nah. I was waiting for like, somebody yeah. else. Uh, so, <laughs> like, so yeah. we're gonna go. So, so Florida Gulf Coast versus Liberty. Are you guys shocked that 
um, FGCU is a top 25 team. And then, no. and then can you see them actually upsetting a team? Not necessarily UConn, but upsetting a team as powerful as a UConn or like a Baylor or anybody else of that matter. Maybe not that good not of a team. Th- not but... them, but, you know, just like a higher caliber. Well, ESPN's currently got him as a 10 seed, uh, taking on South Florida as a 7 seed in the first round. I can see them winning that matchup. Yeah, that's gonna, that, they might sure. win that. Yeah, same. Yeah, in fact, I, I might even switch the seeding on that because, I mean, Florida Gulf Coast, they're one of those mid-major teams that I think is, um, like, they make the tournament almost every year. And they're almost always an upset possible team because of how they play. Like, they're such a high-variance type of, like, they shoot so many threes and they play so fast. Yeah. There could be a game in which they don't, you know, like they don't shoot the ball well and they get blown out. But at the same time, there's, there's a possibility where they make 60% of their threes and they, they, they beat whoever, because like you can't keep up with that shooting. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's a, they're a prime upset candidate. Well, and kind of con- to continue that, if you look at Green's projection, they, if they get past South Florida round one, they get Baylor sure. second round. Mm. So, I mean, and like we were just saying, like Baylor is one of those teams that kind of struggle with teams that play that style. And I think, like I said, I think Baylor would handle them eventually. But, you know, I think FGCU would be pretty competitive for a lot of teams, like Eric said, if they're hitting their shots. But, um, you know, come March, sometimes that just doesn't happen. (laughs) (laughs) What happens in March? (laughs) Yeah, upsets happen in March. And sometimes that it's weird because, like, you see these teams who are really great during regular season, then they get to March and it's kind of like, they 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 mess it up. They I don't know if it's if it's a stress of March. I don't know if it's like the pressure's on for them. But we've seen it a lot of times where these teams are playing really well. Or you see the opposite. These teams are like bubble mm-hmm. teams, and then they go into the tournament and they start upsetting these teams. You're just like, where was this during the season? Like, how come we didn't see this from that that school or that team during the season? So I think honestly, this is probably my favorite like college basketball time is March. Because this is, for me, like, this is where you see who's, what teams are really made of and, like, what their strengths and weaknesses are. I mean, this is the worst time to have your weakness shown during March because you're trying to mm-hmm. obviously play for a national championship. But we've seen it all the time. We see it, honestly, you see it every year. That's true. Like, you, you, I don't know. I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised. I think Baylor wins that, and I do think um, Florida Gulf Coast does get out the first round. But I wouldn't be surprised if we do see an upset, if we see an upset, just know that I called it first. And, and I, I called went, it second. No, Tati, you didn't. Even, <laughs> I mean, you didn't, you didn't really call it. You just agreed with it. So there's a difference. You didn't really call anything. You didn't agree with things. I'm going to go to. Um, okay, let me just join. You, we can join, but you definitely didn't do it. I'm about to, we, you know, we were, since we're moving on to championship games, we're going to move on now to Iowa to Maryland. Um, <laughs> Maryland ran Iowa out there. Ooh. Out the gym. I I mean, that's kind of what happens when you have a team that's athletic playing against a non-athletic team. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, uh, you know, I'm going to butcher this name. I'm going to butcher this name. So correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's Monica Cinzanano. Did I say the last name right? I know who – I can't say the name. How you say the last (laughs) name? Y'all are better with the names. I know who she is. I just – I'm bad at the names. Isn't it like Cinzanano? Cinzanano. There we go. Cinzanano. Monica Cinzanano. Yeah, the girl can hoop, but she's such a defensive liability because she's so slow mm-hmm. that, like, if you all you gotta do is push the ball. Yeah, she's even not gonna the game her v- enough time. Yeah, even the game versus Michigan State, the before the championship game, 
they was getting tired. The first first half they was gas. You can tell because Michigan State was running running them out. Th- that it was that the pick and roll that kept saving them. That Michigan State game. I was really good on pick and roll. That Michigan State game. Um, for Michigan State, that might have been probably one of the worst. Now I'm not gonna say worst, but. I think they underestimated Iowa coming out there to play that game because they, like you said, they couldn't get past um, Iowa's pick and roll. And that they literally kept doing the pick and roll every time because Michigan State couldn't stop it. They didn't adjust well. There was a point where it looked like Michigan State just gave up halfway through the game. It was pretty bad. It, it was like, it, it was, it might have been, well, first of all, I don't know if Michigan State should even have gotten that far. So they got lucky. They got lucky. Yeah, they beat, beat Indiana, Indiana. Beat Indiana yeah. to get where they were. I kind of called that one too. I just felt Indiana wasn't yeah, going to be able to keep you up did. with them. But I didn't think that Iowa was going to make MSU look like a team that 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 they, they Iowa basically made them look like they weren't supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. And Monica and they made Iowa look like Iowa was supposed to be there. Monica, hold okay. on. Let me let me get this. Cezano. Mizano. Sanat. How you say it? I'm terrible with it. Sanano. 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 There you go. You keep trying to say Monica Sanano. There you go. Sanano. Monica Sanano. She's a good player, though. Like, I don't know. She broke a record. Yeah. The most points scored in the postseason or something like that. She's definitely. She's definitely. Is, is a hooper like I'd be lying if I didn't say so but I think that Michigan State made her look like Lisa Leslie out there Ooh. That, I'm know, guess, cool. well you know I guess in fairness to Iowa like against Maryland like they don't go very deep into their bench and that was what they're maybe they were what third or fourth game in as many days correct me if I'm wrong they were so tired yeah yeah they were, so, they I mean, were very exhausted they were exhausted it's really tough yeah. And so much of their offense just relies on movement and cutting and shooting and your legs get tired. And yeah. like yeah. I'm looking at some of the box scores against Michigan State, all but one of their starters played more than 35 minutes. So mm-hmm. in essence, mm. everyone's playing the entire game. Same thing in their first game against Maryland. Also, like, I just think they were exhausted. So, I mean, I, th- I don't, I, I think Maryland would have handled them regardless, course, but I yeah. just think after, yeah. I just think after so many minutes your key guy or key girls is just like mm-hmm. what can you do and Maryland also was coming off the game but a lot of their starters only played about half of that game against Northwestern so yeah that, they, they, they ran them out the water yeah too. they ran they, Northwestern yeah that, they, mm. blew, they blew them out they blew them out that was a rest day for Maryland right yeah, there yeah they they basically they honestly them playing Northwestern <laughs> was like watching a JV team try to play against a varsity team for the first time doing a scrimmage. And varsity just kind of just ran through the team. That's what it looked like. But, I mean, no, it was like no disrespect to Northwestern because they definitely played hard. But, yeah, Maryland kind of gave it to them. Maryland beat them up pretty bad. Like, if this was an yeah. MMA fight, Maryland knocked them out first round with, like, seven seconds. Ten seconds. Oh, I, I said seven. I said seven. Because that, that – I mean, it – I, I kind of like Maryland. I like Maryland as a team, but they're they're always that team that defensively they really don't play defense that well going on into deeper into the tournament. So it's like mm-hmm. that's true. How you, you, defense is not if you lack of defense isn't going to get you that far in March. So yeah, it's cool and it works now. But if they're going to run into these teams who have a better offensive game, they have to have a better strategy to stop them. Like if, that's if true. Hey, we'll see. 
if, if, if we're talking about that. if we're talking about offense versus defense, let me let me throw something out there. Iowa actually scores the second highest points per game in the country, eighty six point six. They are allowing the most points in the country, eighty point five. So they have like literally like one of the best offenses and worst defenses. So in whatever game wow. Iowa plays, it's going to be a shootout. I mean that, uh, yeah, yeah, you can see that. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. against Maryland, it, it was it went the other way, but you could definitely see that. Like, I uh, I think Iowa well, still. Well, you know, and, and they play zone, so they they do that to hide True. some of True. their weaknesses. Because I mean, they, so I mean, and then they didn't really adjust. Like Maryland was hitting three after three after three, and they still were just sitting in a zone. So it's kind of just like, and I get why they didn't do it. Like I said, they're not very deep, mm-hmm. so couldn't really afford people getting a into foul trouble or b um chasing maryland around but it's just like at some point you just have to do something when they're hitting you have to make an adjustment <laughs> anyway what did you say tati iowa did you pinch them oh yeah <laughs> did, did you, you pinch them because they was running they was just getting anything they wanted like it was just ridiculous i honestly like and this is this is this is this topic's about to ruffle some feathers since we're on the topic of um, Iowa. You probably already know the whole Caitlin Clark Page mm-hmm. thing, right? So, I, one of the arguments that I've heard was if you put Page on uh, Iowa, she does the same thing. But somebody was saying if you put Caitlin on UConn, then her game is diminished a little bit. So, I mean. In your opinion, and this is like I said, this is what that's just what I've that's what I've seen on the Twitter web. So this is not coming from me. This is not coming from like what I feel. So in your opinion, do you think that if they were to switch teams, that Paige would still be what she is, and it would Kayla Clark still be what she is as terms as like, uh, what, what is she the leading scorer? She's the leading. She leads the score in freshman or something like that. So do you think that if you switch teams, that this would still be the same outcome? I guess I'll start. Well, I mean, I, yeah. I think it's one of those things where they're asked to do two completely different things. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I agree. UConn Page is the primary initiator. She does all of that. So, of course, she's not really going to have the big scoring outputs, even though she's capable. We saw against South Carolina. We saw against Arkansas. We saw all throughout the Big East. Um, and I think it's, I don't know. I just think it's one of those things where you just, you can't really compare them because they are doing two completely different things. Like some of the things that Caitlin is doing at Iowa that she has the green light to do, Gino absolutely would be benching Paige or yelling at her at the very mm-hmm. least. Yeah. So it's one of those things where it's just like, you know, the game plan is different. What they're asked to do is different. And I think, yeah, if you switch them, Paige, Paige's scoring numbers probably would be a little bit better, but Paige is a pass first kind of player anyway. So like, I don't really know if she would have been able to the extent that Caitlin was doing it, carry Iowa scoring wise. Cause she, she said it tons of times. She'd much rather make the assist or much rather make the play for someone else as opposed to taking it herself. And you saw that even with UConn, like Gina would be like, why aren't you shooting more? Because she mm-hmm. just wasn't that type of player, you know, or that's not her preference. So, but I will say maybe if she was on Minnesota and she stayed home where Minnesota didn't really have anyone else around her, I think her and Caitlin would have been able to duel like that back and forth. So. I just think that they just need to let it go, and they play for the teams they play for. Exactly, they're great for the teams that they play for, and then just leave it at that. That's that's how I see it. 
there are a lot of uh weird arguments being made now i think everyone has made their point a while ago yeah and now it's just sniping at either side caitlin clark is leading the nation in usage rate over 37 percent of her uh she's using over 30 percent 37 percent of her team's possessions um so like mark has said green light uh caitlin clark has the greenest of green lights i don't think (laughs) i don't think gina would play that i I could be wrong but i don't think any one player is going to dominate the basketball like that at UConn, but it's like, it's an interesting hypothetical thinking about, okay, well, who's, whose game would be diminished or whose game would be better. They're both, they're, they're the, they're the top two freshmen in the country, put them in whatever order you want. The fact is they're two amazing players and uh, two really good coaches who know how to get the best out of their players. So while you may be seeing some different results in such a scenario, I don't think the, the end game, which is top two freshmen in the country would be any different. Yeah. I mean, I only, I only just asked it because this is something that just the other day we see people talk about constantly. And it seems mm-hmm. as if they're trying to pit these two freshmen together against each other, rather. Against, I, yeah. Yeah, you know they're friends. That's what I'm yeah. saying. They played that's, on USA basketball together, so it's like... Yeah, like, that's the crazy part. Like, they're they're trying to make it seem like they have some kind of beef with each other, but they don't. Like, didn't they play on the same AU team or something like that, too? They were with USA, Team USA. Yeah, I knew they, I knew they were teammates in, in some kind of capacity. So it's, so it's weird. I, this Honestly, this happens every year. Like, they were trying to start some weird beef with Sabrina and Kennedy Carter last year. So it, it's just like, yeah. every time there's, like, a top player or two top players at the same position... Instead of just saying, okay, they're great at this thing and this one's great at that, they kind of were like, well, this one would be better if, if they played that kind of game or if they played on that team. So it's, I think it's just a basketball, like a women's basketball thing to do. It's weird. I don't understand it. But, yeah, I, I don't I, – like, like Eric said, they're, they're good at what they do. They're both great at what they do. I mean, they're both some of the top two players. And we're honestly, honestly, they're, they're going to be at the next level with each other. Like, that's no doubt. Well- well, and I'll say this. I also think it makes it worse that she's at UConn because there's yeah. already, like, all of that extra Abide, discourse. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, what UConn is and who's on there and all that. So, like I said, if she was at Minnesota and putting up, like, numbers like she is, even if you just take what she's doing at UConn and she's at Minnesota, I think more people would be clamoring for her to get more attention because Minnesota's not the team that gets that kind of attention anyway. Yeah. So, I, I, I think it's just one of those things where it's just, like, she's already good, but being at UConn and everything that whether you like them, you dislike them, or you're, and you're indifferent, it just heightens whatever it is because that's just, it's, it's UConn. What I would say is I, I do kind of agree that Caitlin Clark should have won freshman of the year because she was putting up numbers and she was the top freshman. But I do also agree that Paige should have won player of the year. So I'm just, it's just back and forth for me. I, like I, I don't I think when it comes to those two, nobody's fans is really gonna be happy. So you're gonna have Caitlin Clark's fans who feel as if she's not getting her just due, and then they're gonna be like, well, she went to a bigger school, then she'd be talked about more. And then you have uh, Paige's fans who are basically saying y'all are just mad because Paige is like that, and it's just like no, I I I don't think it's even that. I just think when it comes to a game like basketball, you kind of. I think people compare the wrong thing sometimes when it comes to players that good. And they're like, they, instead of them, like Eric said, again, just letting them be great at what they do. It's, it's one of those things where they're like, well, Paige is better because she plays for UConn. And if, if Caitlin was as good as she was, she would play at this school. But it's like, that's not even true. I feel like, like, again, when Marquez said, it's because she goes to a certain school, they feel as if mm-hmm. one's better because of that. And it's like, that's not true at all. 
I just need some folks to let it go that the media, oh, Caitlin Clark isn't getting so much media. We know who she is. <laughs> She's getting enough. She, we know who she is. It's just the fact that she goes to a small school that doesn't, not a small school, a smaller school. Yeah, smaller school. But it doesn't matter. We know who she is. We know she's a hooper. We know. She, we know. So you can't keep using that as, oh, since Paige go to a UConn, she gets more media. UConn gets media regardless. So that doesn't even, you can't even use that as a debate. Like, come on now. Yeah, no, that's true. Some folks just, they just want to say something just to say something. No, that's like, a don't fact. Drop, don't try to drop one player down because the other one deserves something. They that's both a fact. Could. That's just a fact because UConn could go winless for the whole season and people will, and still, will still get media. Still, yeah, they, they will still them. get talked about. Like, yeah. UConn's winless, but it doesn't matter because last year, like, people would always go back to yeah. the year before. Like, but we last got year, 10 championships, like, but it's like, okay, or yeah, like it, it takes two crazy Never. shots to get them out the tournament. What's yeah. going on with UConn? Like, why are they not exactly? Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they lose <laughs> one game the first time they lost, <laughs> the first time they lost, right? Versus uh, Mississippi State, right? The whole championship, what was they talking about? UConn losing, they didn't talk about, yeah, nothing they didn't talk else. about anything else. The year after when uh, Rike hit else. the shot, what did they talk about? UConn losing, they didn't talk about the, and, and that the, thing the is, team that was in there. Those were there, it those were there were so many good games in those tournaments, but it was foreshadowed by UConn losing, mm-hmm. like even, exactly. Even when Luke, UConn lost to Arkansas, UConn lost. Oh my god, it's over, mm-hmm. and it's just like it's like it's just one game, like. Well, and like I've said before, and like tons of discussions we've had about it, at the end of the day, UConn is a brand. Like everyone and their mom knows UConn, whether you know them for winning all the time, whether you know them because they beat your school, whether you know them because whatever the reason, everyone, even casual people know UConn. Like, I mean, that's just how it is. So I just think no matter what it is, as long as UConn is involved, people are going to watch, people are going to tune in just what happens because that's just brand that they have now so that's like that's like when the men's watch duke and duke loses they want to see that they want to watch duke because duke's in it if duke, like this year duke's not in it so now it's like who else are we going to watch the other great so teams that are in the tournament exactly <laughs> that that, than yeah exactly but it, it's mm-hmm. it, it but it's fandom is so strong when it comes to certain teams and uconn's one of those teams like if you let's just say uconn had a really bad year to the point where they didn't make the tournament. The whole world would would burn. Like, oh my God, UConn's yeah. not in it. What are we gonna do? Like, forget all the other great teams that fought hard to get mm-hmm. the tournament. We just wanted to watch because of UConn, and it's just like, I understand because yeah, they're they're an awesome yeah. team, and historically they they I mean they always get to where they gotta go. But it's just like, come on, man, calm down. It's one game. Yeah, like, that's it's true. literally one game. This is. You know this now. Now we're gonna talk about Marquez's favorite. Well, I, I shouldn't say favorite, but the team that he says can win it. You got to defend yourself here too, Marquez. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Denver, Let me hear this. The Pac-12 That's champions. Totally fine. No, I don't know about that. <laughs> no, he won't. He he said that Stanford break it down. Can possibly yeah. win it. Okay. Well, okay. Well, well. I'm not downplaying that. Well, why not? Well, yeah, yeah. I don't. I'm, I'm I not saying they can't. Ahead. I'm just saying you know this was mm-hmm. this was his pick. Look, yeah. if you look at what they do, they have a great defense. They have a defensive stopper in Anna Wilson that can mm-hmm. shut down, I think, almost anyone in the country. They have Question length. real quick. Question. Did she win a defensive uh, player of the year for Pac-12? Um, did yeah. she? I think she did. Yeah, or was it co-defensive? Yeah. I think it was co-defensive. Yeah, I think she shared with McDonald. Oh. Yeah. Okay, well, okay. I've heard of her. Okay, keep going. I'm sorry. Um, they have length at 
pretty much almost every position. You look at them in transition, Haley Jones is attacking a transition, it's almost a bucket every time. You have depth. If someone gets into foul trouble, they have another 6'5 coming off the bench. They have another really mm -hmm. talented guard coming off the bench. Um, Cameron Brink, who I love, is a matchup nightmare for a lot of different people. She's long, she moves up and down the court super well, she blocks. Stanford is way more dynamic on both ends when she's on the floor, but the key is her staying on the floor. I know early on she struggled with getting into fouls and having all that kind of surrounding her. And then when she gets into foul trouble, she commits a foul, she gets frustrated. So I think if she can stay on the floor and stay composed, Stanford is a completely different team. The one thing that I do not like about Stanford that might can get them, as especially as the tournament progresses, they have instances where they look like a super duper well-oiled machine that no one can stop. But then they have like about a eight to seven minute stretch where they're turning it over. They're yeah. not getting shots. They're not really defending. I think that's the one thing, but they have Tar Vanderveer who arguably is, you know. <laughs> one of the greatest coaches. One of yeah. The, not, like one of the greats. Yeah. She might be, you can even argue that she's like the best X's and O's coach in the tournament when she mm -hmm. has time to play, plan and prepare. So I just think they have a lot going for them. The one thing, like I said, is that they sometimes just get out of sorts and it happens almost once a game. But if they can somehow clean that up, I think they're the team to beat in my eyes. Okay, can I ask you a question? Who did they play this year? I'm just trying to see something. That also is true, but I mean. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not. No, 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 I'm not acting like that. Oh, they play in a great like, conference. I don't think. Playing. That is true, but they play in no, a really I was good conference. Accent. No, 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 they, I was actually you know, really acting. I was really acting. <laughs> <laughs> it just, it I mean, just came off like that. I was really acting. Who did but you play. know, I but I mean, that is a good point, though, because, I mean, Pac-12 didn't play really, I don't think they played any out of conference, so you don't really know where they stacked up, but, okay. like, Eric, the Pac-12 is just so good. Yeah, Pac-12 is a top division. Yeah, so I'll give it to you. They got, what, Oregon, uh, Arizona, UCLA. Yeah. So, they have a I mean, lot of teams that's in the top 25 that's, you know, in their division. And that's a good okay. point, Tucker, because like I said, a lot of people would be like, well, you don't even know where they stack up because they mm -hmm. just didn't play non-conference. But it's just like the Pac-12 is yeah, rough. Yeah, Pac-12 is pretty yeah, tough. tough. Yeah, that's like, a tough one, yeah. Yeah, Pac-12 is pretty tough. It's been tough for, for years now. Yeah. Nothing new. It's been like that. Okay. And then, also, I forgot I to add, see that. Keanu Williams is from San Antonio. Like, she, <laughs> is, she, she wants to show out. So I mean, and that's the main oh. factor here, obviously. I was going to say, yeah, he just had to pick that. He forgot that. You know, that was the most important part right there. You said Antonio is the reason why he, he's picking <laughs> Stanford to win it all. Like, you want to so, hear my take who win it all? Go ahead. Oh, all. we already, go ahead. We already know. <clears throat> it might be the team I was about to get to next. Go for it. No, actually, you go. No, go, go for it. Because I already know what you was going to uh, say. Tati just mad because South Carolina beat Tennessee, and that's how we gonna get into it. So <laughs> Tennessee, do, ten, Tennessee, okay. honestly, getting as far as they did in the SEC Women's Tournament, I was, I, I don't know if I should have been impressed, but I was impressed. Oh, what? He was a third seed. He was a third seed. Don't, I mean, do that. don't do that. I mean, but you know, it's been a long ride. How long did it take y'all to get there? Yeah. How long did it take Tennessee to get to the to the third seed though? Is what I'm saying. We've been Wait a minute. look like three I'm years ago. A, we I'm lost the championship. Don't do it. I'm not a Tennessee fan, but Tennessee has been. You a Tennessee hater? With, 
I'm not a hater. I'm, I have no dog in any of these college women's basketball fights. I'm just watching. That's what I'm saying. Like the viewers, the viewers listening to this, or the y'all listening to this, listen how she said that. Just, just go back. I have no dog in no okay, fight. I'm just. I, I look. I just watch because I enjoy it. What I'm saying. No, honestly though. No, it, honestly, Tennessee was in my pick. <laughs> Tennessee was I know Tennessee's not your pick. I just like to tease pick. you. I know Tennessee wasn't your pick. What I'm saying is, I honestly is like, don't know who my pick is. Aren't 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 you as a Tennessee fan tired of seeing South Carolina mm-hmm. just, you know, beat your team? Um, do I want to be disrespectful right now? <laughs> Are you just tired of it? Cause like, okay, I, was, I know how just you say a little something, something. I know how you <laughs> felt during that game. I'm just saying. Let me just say something because I had all the I had all South Carolina people in my uh, you know my little DMs, my little ears. <laughs> y'all won six out of the last seven SECs, but y'all only got one national. Oh, okay. So that's all I gotta say. That's all I gotta say when I when the South Carolina come in I'm, my ear talking about. I'm that. telling on you. Get more than one. I'm telling what? on you. <laughs> You already know who I'm about. You already know who I'm gonna tell on you. I'm 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 gonna tell you said I'm I'm gonna tell you said that. I'm gonna tell you said that. No, but no, no, but honestly though, do you think um South Carolina is a strong contender again to to win another Mm. um oh that's debatable for me. Not even because I'm a Tennessee fan. That's really debatable because you see games like when they played UConn. Of course, it's UConn, but when you see them play certain games versus certain teams, it's just they you can see them struggling. Like it's just they they can have an off night if they can't go through Boston. They can have an off night very quickly. That's true. We did talk about how playing through one player, especially now, is dangerous. Yeah, it, like yeah. you lock that. Honestly, you lock that one player down. You have anybody else? Game's over already from the jump. But I mean that that's Tennessee has been you know. Well, not not necessarily Tennessee, South Carolina. My bet. I'm thinking. I'm, okay, since we since we in SEC, do y'all think Ole Miss should make the tournament? No, no, I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> no, you don't think so. What about you, Eric? Do you think Ole Miss should make the tournament? No, no, I I don't think so. I mean, I look at it. Way. They had some really good wins, like mm-hmm. late. They beat. They have Kentucky twice and what Arkansas, but you have to look at yeah. their whole season. Yeah, they're playing well now, but like in fairness, they. They lost to Mizzou. They lost. Wasn't they like eleven and eleven? Yeah, they lost to like Florida. That? They lost to LSU twice. They lost to Mississippi ooh, State. Oh, ooh, child. Was it to LSU, LSU twice? Wait a minute. 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 Oh, my bad. My bad. My bad. I'm sorry. I forgot. My bad. <laughs> yeah. Those. Yeah. I, yeah. People just push it for them because they had a good game versus Tennessee. That's what I think. Okay. And then they beat Arkansas. So I think those two is like everybody's like put them in there, and I'm just like. And if like, they I wasn't love, playing like this before, like, and I love, why I give it to them I now. love Shakira Austin. Yeah, same, also, same. just like, look at the other teams that are projected to be out. Like, if all of them have arguments, really, like Charlie Cream right now has Mississippi State, Notre Dame, mm-hmm. Ole Miss, mm-hmm. and BYU. If you look at those four, mm-hmm. I think BYU deserves it. Overshadows. Look how they lost. And then we okay. have some controversy in these other conferences. Conference is now a two-bid league. This one is a two-bid league. It's like, mm, like, look at BYU, you know? So, I don't know. I just I just think Ole Miss... We'll find out tomorrow. I think Ole Miss, think Ole Miss is one year away from really being... Yeah, I can, I can see that. Yeah, I, I can see that. Year, I think next this year... Was the first, this was the first year with Austin, right? This was her first year playing at Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. Or... 
because yeah. this was her transfer year. Yeah, they let yeah, her play, right? So. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, they might, I, yeah, I feel like they could do better. So, they could do better next year. So they have since, a chance. Since we're playing that game now, who do you think it, it like? So from any conference, it doesn't matter whether this is a bubble okay. team or a team that you would just like to see. Who do? Who would you personally like to see in the tournament? Like any, it doesn't matter what conference. Just dig deep. Like doesn't matter if the conference. <laughs> doesn't matter if they're a bubble team. Doesn't matter if, if, like, you think they could get in. They're on the right. Like it. It just who. I don't got none. Mississippi <laughs> <laughs> State kind of questionable. Ole Miss is very questionable. Notre Dame. Eric, is... you don't have any. Kind of, you know, I, and it doesn't. It, you said it doesn't have to be a bubble team, right? No, it doesn't have to be a bubble team. Just anybody. And then, how far do you think? How far do you think the team that you want to see uh, in the tournament? How far do you think they'll go as well? Just to beef up the the question. I'd, I'd like. I'd actually like to see UT Martin in the tournament because oh, they have a really, really good play. Because they've got yeah, a, a, a really amazing player in Chelsea Perry, and I just think it's it's good for the game when elite mid major players make the tournament because you know you, you never know what's going to happen i don't think they'd get very far but they uh they kind of ran into a trouble they kind of ran into trouble like they didn't win their conference tournament so it's they didn't get the automatic bid so it's it's tough for them and cream doesn't even list them as a, as a possible team so um oh, that would be my okay. pick for a team i'd want to see but i don't see any realistic route for it happening i don't have no i don't have any so I know a team who ain't gonna get in. <laughs> Mizzou. I was gonna okay, say I just that. had to throw. I just Ooh. had to throw a Missouri joke in there. Go ahead, Marquez. <laughs> you know, in fairness, they for for how young they are, they had a really good year. Like they just didn't have a lot Ooh. of bounce go their way. Look, 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 look. I'm look just laughing at Tati. Look, I'm look, laughing at Tati. I'm not laughing at you. Look out, like look at their SEC schedule. Like a lot of those losses could have gone. They did literally go down to the yeah. wall. South Carolina I think was like when they played to that, but yeah. Mizzou was like played, one of the only. Wait, what were you saying? I was gonna say when they played when we when they was playing Tennessee, they lost five out of the six by less than five points. Yeah, like and and, and, and a lot of it was just like an untimely an untimely turnover, like a mm-hmm. like a, a bad okay. shot. And like I said, okay. a lot of that came from them being young, and then also a lot of the two seniors that they had, they were transfers. Like they didn't play last year either. Now those are going to be two big losses, but I can see Missouri kind of taking a step up. And the SEC, along with Ole Miss next year, too, especially with a lot of those top teams losing some of their biggest contributors. Um, so we'll see. But I actually would like to see Mississippi State make the tournament only because I know they had a really bad end, but I think they're just so much better than what they're showing. Um, I like Rakia Jackson a lot. I think everyone in this chat knows that she's one of my of favorites. Yeah, but like, <laughs> she didn't really, she didn't really have the type of year I was expecting out of her. Um, yeah, but I do think she's yeah. capable of taking her game to another level, um, especially in a high, you know, pressure situation as the tournament is. They're the first team Cream has out, but of course that mm-hmm. is going to change because I think Missouri Valley is getting two in. So mm-hmm. I don't really think there's going to be a legitimate way for them to get in, especially with that extra spot getting taken. But I would like to see them make it on a, in a normal year because I think they're capable of performing better than what we saw, especially towards the end of the year. Because if you think about it, this was a top 10 team, I think, in the preseason. So, Can I ask you a question? Not even SEC. Um, Texas, what do y'all th- how far do y'all think Texas is going to go? Because Texas, 
Collier gets shut down too many she times. She gets for shut me. down a lot. Yeah, she so it's like they're kind of they're kind of like a ass team with me because it's like I feel like they could make it somewhere, but that that somewhere is kind of limited. Are you asking like, like how far in the tournament do we think they're going? Yeah, in a tournament. Yeah, I can see Texas. Mm, and this is a stretch, maybe Sweet Sixteen, but that's a stretch. Mm-hmm. Maybe, like, it, it all depends. Like you said, it all depends on if uh, if Collier can can actually not go to sleep in a lot of these games. But even for me, the Sweet or Sixteen foul. or foul, that's true. But that's a, yeah. the Sweet Sixteen is a stretch for me. But that's where I have them placed. But mm-hmm. I can see them. I can honestly see them losing before then, though. Now, to who, I don't know, Ooh. but I can see them getting beat before then. Eric, what, what are they projected? What, what seed are they? Charlie Cream has them as a seven seed going up against Washington State as a 10. Okay. And that's like that's actually a game I could see Texas losing. You, you yeah. know the 7-10 yeah. the se- yeah. <laughs> games, they're, they're always – they're always uh, ripe for an upset. Yeah, those those are the game. The seven ten games are always the most exciting to me because those are the teams where you're like, how did they lose to them though? Like that's I always end up mm-hmm. saying that. Like, how did they lose to them though? And then he's got well, then he's got uh, Louisville as a two seed in that region. So I, I mm-hmm. even if Texas would advance mm-hmm. in this scenario, I don't see them getting past Louisville. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was just about to say like being an eight, nine, seven, and ten. Those are the worst seeds that you can have because yeah. if you get mm-hmm. past round one, round two, you're facing the one and two seeds. So it's like. Dang, like, but, it might but, be over for you that quick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it might be over. That Depending on the matchup, I agree. I see them like capping at six, sweet sixteen, like best case scenario. But I could definitely see them losing round two, especially. Yeah, that's what I'm they, saying. Yeah, like especially if they have Louisville or like a team like that. Yeah, that's why I out. said sixteen was a stretch. Like that's why I put said that uh, that was a stretch because with the way that Texas plays, they're so like they're inconsistent a lot of the times with the way they play. And then, mm-hmm. especially if Charlie can't get going, then it's like, all right, well, now what do we do? We just got to try to figure something out. And then, like Tati said, the foul trouble. So yeah. if, if you can get her in foul trouble and if you can stop her from playing her game, it's kind of it for them. So I, I said, like I said, the Sweet 16, but I think that was me being generous. So yeah, it was. I don't, uh, it, it can I don't happen, even, but mm. I don't even know. Another, another team for me, that's we're going to stay in this Texan A&M. That's number one. one seed or number two? Uh, I'm not Texas even sure. Texas A&M. Oh, they're listed as a number one. Number one, okay. Yep. Oh, uh, that's gonna. Uh, I see them playing. There, I can, I can see the hype. I can see the hype around it. But yeah, with the hype, but... you know, because they got beat by who did they lose to? I could see them getting uh, upset. That's what yeah, I'm who saying. Did they yeah. Oh, yeah. uh, Georgia. Didn't they lose yeah. to Georgia? They can't play against good defense. That good defense shut them all the way up. So. Okay, so hey, don't let them run into a team and that's that's defensive. They going they going ooh, it's gonna okay. be a tough one for them. Okay, out so. out of the projected number one seeds right now, I think I like Texas A and M the least because yeah. I'm okay. not sure if they can score the basketball well enough. Yeah, yeah, I can agree. Oh, okay, so I can agree with that. If you had to put a Final Four together, who are your teams? Just, mm. just, 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 right out of your head, who are your teams? I know Tati go put Tennessee in there, but we all know that that's not happening. I, for, hold on. You're thirsty. <laughs> Don't do that. Uh, I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> you be trying to. Be trying I, okay, to so I, I, um, I have UConn in there. 
Um, and then I have, I'm going to throw, you know, I'm going to throw Baylor in there just because I like to spice things up a little bit. Um, Stanford. And who's the last team? Yeah, Stanford's in mine. Who am I going to pick as the last team? Oh, mm. look at this little thing. Mm, who I have? I have, I have, I have UConn, Stanford. Who is mother pick Baylor? I'm gonna put South Carolina in there just because. Mm. And this mm. is just obviously we don't know we don't know where they're gonna be placed yet, but this is just me just you know freestyling it. Okay, we'll freestyle again. <laughs> if we're not going based on like currently projected, yeah, I would mm-hmm. say Stanford, UConn, NC State. Oh, that's and... a good pick. Oh yeah, NC. Okay. Ooh, Baylor and Maryland are like my other. Uh, so it's a final five. If I have to pick out of those two, I'll say. Ooh. Should I have went to? Uh, should I did the ooh. elite eight? Who's the elite eight? <laughs> I guess I'm gonna say. I guess I'm gonna say Baylor because I just don't know how. Ooh, I don't know. I guess Baylor right now because I just don't know with Maryland like. I know their offense is explosive, but like defensively and like yeah, being in the big team, like they really require to like step that game up defensively on that end. Cause like, I mean, the big 10, if we're being honest, doesn't prioritize defense, defense that you much. Know, you know, what's crazy. Sorry to cut you off. I've always said that Maryland hasn't had good defense since Alyssa Thomas left. Mm-hmm. I stay yep. saying that to this day. That. Like they, they, after Alyssa Thomas left and you can even say Laura, Laura Harper, cause she played defense and that's like going back, 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 back. But like since back, back, back. Alyssa Thomas left, they have they they haven't really had defense like that. Their defense was actually pretty good last year, but no tournament. So that's yeah, minor <laughs> yeah. minor minor detail. <laughs> yeah, a little, little detail. COVID <laughs> which really up. sucks because because I feel like they could have they could have made some big noise last year. Oh, I think they definitely would have. I, and that's I feel the other like thing. it's gonna be an upset. No, go ahead, Tati. I feel like. I feel like it's gonna be somebody in the final four that's not supposed to be I, there. I, I don't I know agree. who. I can agree. I mean, but NC I only State got three people. Not four persons gonna be for somebody. NC, NC State's number one, a number two. Yeah, but at the same time, like I still, I still to... feel like NC State is pretty. NC State is pretty kind of solid. No, they. Are, I like Louisville too a little they're bit. They're very they're so solid. You know, out of the out of the two seats, I think they have one of the better. Now I'm gonna go back to what Cream has like right now. Out of the two seats, I think Maryland and NC State have the two best pathways because right now. He has yeah. Maryland in the region with AM and then he yeah. has NC State with South Carolina. And South Carolina lost to NC State earlier in the year. So I think NC State knows on the back of their mind, we we have what it takes to beat them. Now, I will say, if Baylor and UConn are in the same region, I think that spells a lot of trouble for UConn. Yeah, I because agree. Yeah, yeah, same. They don't have the size and they're not that physical. Um so well, I think that's another one to keep an eye what, on. What do they call it? What do they call it? The Star Killer? Right <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, the, the Star Killers. But I mean, like I, when I was saying, NC State is that team. I'm not saying like they're not a good team. What I'm saying is, is like a lot of people who see, don't really watch basketball. Yeah, like they're gonna be like, oh, NC State, mm-hmm. like whatever. But especially if they beat South Carolina, exactly. So exactly. that's gonna, yeah. And that's why that's the only reason yeah. why I said it. Like that that could be the team. Now, are they going to win a national title? We don't know. I don't I yeah. wouldn't put them that far, but I can actually see them going deeper to the tournament. You know what? 
I'm going as NC State because I didn't have South Carolina making it to the Final Four. So there you go, NC State. Who do you have beating South Carolina? NC just, State. Just curious. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I think I think no matter what happens, I think those two are going to be paired together regardless. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. I mean, NC State, Stanford, and I don't know my other two. Uh, you know, you, go. you no, got two. I'm I'm a I'm a, a kind of Joy Marquette oh, on this Stanford uh, on this Stanford um, hype. Now, I don't want to call it hype because it's not hype. I'm going to join him. I don't want to say bandwagon, but what's the proper term? Uh. Just with, get on the cardinal train with me. Just yeah, I'll just cardinal. get on the. Uh, you know what? I normally, I, I kind of normally don't have a team, but I'm, I'm a, I'm a root for Stanford a little bit. I'm gonna see if Stanford can do something. Then if Stanford loses, yeah, I'm gonna just, just. I was about to say if, if Stanford loses, yeah, blame it on me because it was Christopher. Don't blame it on me. I'm gonna blame it on Eric. I'm gonna blame it on Eric. I'm gonna just put it. <laughs> I'm gonna be like Eric said that Stanford was a good bet, even though he didn't say that. But they don't have to know that. I'm gonna be like Eric said. That always go with Stanford. And you're going to get caught get that at right, 4K, Eric? I'm going to go with you. I'm going to say that you said it. Well, well, if that's the case, then I'm not going to pick them for my final four. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your final four, Eric? No, I do have Stanford. Um, and this is, this is uh, again, going from the Charlie Cream projection. Mm-hmm. I like Stanford, South Carolina, Baylor, and Maryland. Oh, you know what? Maryland, I was kind I think of Maryland can't if. If they get that far, I think they can upset Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. And I totally agree with Marquez that if Baylor and UConn uh, play each other, that's a uh, that's trouble for UConn. I want to see it. Yeah, I I, I want to see it. I actually was gonna pick Maryland, but the defense is what kind of scared me away from picking them to go that far. Like I do think okay. if they can now, that's the only thing. Like if if they can play tough defense, and I feel like they can go to the Final Four. And I agree with you, Eric. I actually do think that that could be an upset, but like their defensive game it, there's just so many holes there that it's kind of it's hard to pick them i, could see, I agree i can see that's, that that's yeah. definitely a concern yeah i yeah. mean but i don't know i do like brenda freeze she she kind of brenda freeze knows how to make adjustments well enough to kind of figure it out that's another thing mm-hmm. we're talking about adjustments we we always talked about don staley and how she doesn't make adjustments well Oof. do you think mm-hmm. that if South Carolina does make it that far. Do you think that her lack of adjustments is going to hurt them? Or do you think that she could kind of find a way to hide them? But you can't really hide As far them as the... It's, it's far as like... Final four or like when they play a good team like possibly uh, NC State. Again. Okay, so we'll just go possibly NC State. Ooh. I don't, I don't think... Know. I don't think it's the lack of adjustments for them. I think it's uh, inconsistent guard play. Yes, yes, because their guards, while dynamic, mm-hmm. I can see why people love them. They're fun to watch. Uh, okay. They can make some pretty bad decisions with the basketball. And when your best player is your center, mm-hmm. you need to get that established on both ends of the court. Yeah, and that's a, that's why I think yeah. NC. That's that's a big reason why NC State beat them in the first place because NC State is very disciplined and they're very balanced. Mm-hmm. Like they don't have that big star. You could argue Alyssa Kunain is, is a star, but mm-hmm. against South Carolina. Aaliyah Boston is going to be the best player on the floor in 99.9% of the matchups. You need mm-hmm. to make sure the other team knows that she's the best player on the floor. And you've got one of your guards shooting like five for 21 or whatever 
and you know yeah. turning and the ball, turn over, the ball over yeah you know you know these these pull-up jumpers without making it like screen screen jump shot that's i don't want to see that from south carolina like <laughs> you're big you're strong yeah. you're physical you're bigger than everyone else so you gotta you gotta take advantage of that so i think they're maybe a little young or undisciplined, but undisciplined, 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 I think it's undisciplined. But, yeah. yeah, yeah, but at the same time, like, there's no clear championship favorite this year, I don't think. So, it's not, team, and that's the good thing. Every team that's has their weakness, thing. and that's that's South Carolina's weakness to me. Yeah, you're gonna have oh, so many God. South Carolina fans coming for you, Eric. That's cool, it, it wouldn't be the it's first okay, time. Eric. I got you, yeah, I, I, I got you. <laughs> I'll also add with South Carolina what makes them so just like hard to predict they get a lot of that offense out of their transition game. And if you find a way to limit that and you force them to make decisions and have court, they're a completely mm-hmm. different team. Like you get a team that is like a sagging matchup zone or a team that, um, you know, moves and forces them to think and have court. I think that's where they struggle. Well, this goes, this is, yeah. this was a while ago already, but you remember when uh, they lost to Syracuse that one year? Yes. Mm-hmm. They did not have the shooting and they did not have the guards to beat the zone. Mm-hmm. So, yep. so do you think uh, in their case, we always talk about the guard play. So I, you know what it is? I think a lot of people, they're, they're kind of confused how you can have one of the greatest guards in the women's game. And then when you look at the guards, she currently coaches they're I don't want to use the term mediocre, but that's kind of where they're at. Do you feel like that's why a lot of people, look at her and kind of say, okay, she she's, I don't want to say not right for the job, because she clearly gave them a national title, but is that why a lot of people look at them and look at the guard play and say, like, there's a disconnect there? I think um, Dawn Staley's current uh, reputation as a recruiter exceeds her reputation as a head coach. And I'm not saying she's a bad head coach. Uh, that's, that's not what I think she's a good head coach. But when their championship was won with so many – really good uh transfers you know like Mm -hmm. Kayla Davis and and Alicia Gray um when your championship is is perceived to be one with uh, solely on the backs of talent and they have not been able to get to that get get to that point again since then then I think you're going to have some people questioning someone's abilities as a head coach because it's it's you 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 can't isolate one thing from the other like the head coach is the recruiter in, in, like in, in most cases, like she's gonna have the final say on these things, or the head coach is the person who who go gets these who goes to get these players. So, like I said, when you have a head coach who is really really good at getting those big name transfers and also landing those big name recruits, because South Carolina currently has a ton of highly rated recruits on its team, that's, that's just the way it goes. You're gonna have people saying, "Well, yeah, Don Staley can recruit, but can she coach them?" Mm. When I don't think there's a way to effectively isolate those two those two roles. Because like, like you think of like Marquez says, well, Tara Vanderveer is, is a great X's and O's coach. Yeah. But she also gets a really darn good recruit. So it's like, it's like yeah, you can't, yeah. you can't isolate those things. So whether it's fair or not, I, I mean, I don't think Don State is like the best coach in the world, Of course, but she's I don't think she's either. No, no. I mean, she, she gets good players. It, it's one thing to get good players, but you got to coach them up too. So, I mean, yes. look at, look at how many top recruits are on Texas, for instance. And, you know, Karen Addison just got fired because she could recruit, but she could never <laughs> she really lead them recruit. past. Yeah. She couldn't really lead them past that point of turning them from good recruits into good basketball players. So that's, that's something that I think Don Steely has been able to do. And, you know, maybe these guards, not all guards are built similar. Maybe these guards, you know, they're just, they need another year of experience. They're, they're still pretty young. Right. So I don't, I don't think, I don't think it's a knock against her at all. Well, and also I think, 
a lot of the guards, especially on this particular team, have the same kind of style. I was just you know, about to say year, that. You know, last year they had Ty Harris. Like, yeah. the past four years they had Ty Harris. And yeah. She, he was more so, let's manage. I'll take the shot and, and, and take over when I need to. But my main instinct and my first preference is to pass. You know, Cook and, and Henderson aren't necessarily those type of players. They're their thing is to go get a bucket. They do that really well, but sometimes where South Carolina runs into trouble is when they try to do that too much and they forget, oh, I'm Boston in the paint, you know? So I think part of that is also kind of just like the type of kid she goes out and gets. Because if you look at their incoming class, super athletic, super, you know, they they can score, but there's a difference between being a scorer and a shooter. Because I mean, like, you can score in many types of ways, but like that doesn't necessarily mean you're a good shooter. And I think Cook can make those shots. She's made them before, but she also has a lot of five for 22 games in her back pocket because sometimes she just doesn't make the right decision. And I think, you know, once, like Eric says, you're, you're young, you didn't get that experience last year. This is really your first time going through that. So it's kind of just like when you're forced to make those decisions, when teams are encouraging you or putting you in those situations to where you have to make that right decision or the right play will you do that and, you know and some of their losses they just didn't do that i kind of like that also philosophy think, he just oh. hit you just because you a scorer doesn't mean you a shooter i like that i'm gonna start saying that that's to people. it is true. i also think though oh, i also think though with ty harris ty harris kind of played a little similar more similar to don mm-hmm. you know in her hooping days that kind of made it more easier for her to to coach her how she used to be, you know, coaching how she used to play besides having the guard like Henderson and Cook that, like Marquez says, they just go. They go and score. They don't do nothing else but just go and score. So I think that's another reason why Ty Harris is such a different point guard than what, the one she's getting and recruiting now. Also with South Carolina, Beal – that spot, like, you just have to have, like, threats on the perimeter across the mm-hmm. board. And I think with her, oh, like, she – if she liability. Point where she's uh-huh. not taking those shots, because, I mean, you'll mm-hmm. see they give her the space, and once she misses a couple, she just doesn't even look at She gets back. ignored, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's kind of just, like, once teams are forcing you to do that and they're – because, I mean, I if it were me and I was going against South Carolina, I would front. I would have someone in the front of Boston and someone on the back of Boston. And that person in front of her would be Bill's man. And I would force her either make me step out and come defend you or you drive into the trees and see what happens. Um, And I just think think at that point, I, I just don't know if she can make enough of those shots, even though she's so Mm -hmm. good on the other end of the ball. Also, I agree with that. Okay. Yeah. I agree with that because um, when they bring some of their bench players in, you can see that they, they need their starters to come back in the game because the they can't score. Yeah. Yeah. They the can't. That's when, it. that's when you see the other uh, team come, make the comeback because they got people who can't score sitting out there. And it's like, that's going to be the, that's going to be bad for them. If they can't shoot. But you know, you know players or their stars like they can't shoot. Well, you know, you know where I got that from, right? That whole one person in the front, one person in the back. Guess who? Just guess. Eric, because you know Eric be coaching. No, no, Tara Vanderveer. You don't remember when Baylor, <laughs> oh, Lord. Remember when Baylor and Stanford matched up way back when, and they had Griner and 
they had one agum- agumake Marquez, you going back to when people probably didn't even have TVs, sir. Yeah, oh, I was in diapers go. back then, all right? He, he, he talked wow. about some Bridget Grinder. <laughs> Look, that, no, that worked. That's the Agumakes. I'm not calling Elliot Boston Brittany Grinder, but like... Yeah, yeah I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. And you know, Baylor had that same... They had everyone, but they had, the, I think, I can't remember who it was, who they were playing off, but they had that one girl that just wouldn't, feels kind of similar in the fact that she, if she doesn't make those shots early, she just stops taking them. So it's kind of just like, you never, I mean, that's what I would do. This, that's, this, that's just what I would this do. man Marquez, like, remember when USC had Cheryl Miller and she was up there? <laughs> <laughs> she was up there. You <laughs> <laughs> no, can talk about that. No, but you're not wrong though. Like this is how you know. Yeah, you're not. This is how you know people really watch the game because like Marquez is actually breaking it down. Like you front this person and you do that. Mm-hmm. So a, look, an average person would have been like, I just think if you defend them this way, just stop her from shooting the ball, then you win. But now he actually broke it down. Like I mean, that's true though. Make it four v five. Make it four v five. She don't want to shoot the ball. Take her out the game. Yeah, if she don't want to shoot the ball. We just gonna front your best player. Okay. Like that. Counterpoints. Counterpoints. Which team besides which team in this tournament has two Agumakes? Yep, that's right. That right. is, that yeah. is, you're yeah. right. I don't think there's, there's many teams in the tournament that even have one Agumake, if we're being honest. No, I think, I think I they're, all, they're all grown up now. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm over here thinking he's talking about like, <laughs> he's being literal. I think he's over here being hypothetical. I'm like, no, oh, no, yeah, no, no, no. Well, I fell no. for it. I'm like, oh, yeah, nobody has a good No, that's a, but that's a good point. The only, like, that's a good point, though. The only thing that I would say is like, if you just have a team with just a whole lot of height and depth, depth, you can, you can, you can kind of get away with doing that. Because if you look at South Carolina versus Georgia, Stady was kind of frustrating Boston a little bit. Like, it was getting really chippy. Like, mm-hmm. if you kind of get physical with her and don't allow her to establish her body, even though it's easier said than done, she gets a little frustrated. Like, you know, the elbows kind of start going. She's, you know, pushing. And, and if you can get in her head like that and get really handsy and physical with her and force her to match that and get her on the bench, that makes South Carolina a completely different team. So, and isn't this her first tourney since she was a, a freshman last year? Would this be her first one? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, so so yeah, we, we, I, we I went a little bit over for time, but I don't care because we could do that, and I enjoyed having y'all. So before we go, real quick, who do you guys have in the title game? Since we're spinning off of who y'all had in the the, the final four, so who's in the title game for you guys now? Tennessee. You didn't even have them in your final four, so you oh. can't say that. Oh, wow. yeah. Oh. <laughs> You're right. Wow. Backdoor. <laughs> um, exactly. Who? To so be determined. Ask me, ask have, me again, and then it'll be eight. I have. Uh, to, to be determined. Mm, I, I don't know. Mm, I don't want to put UConn in it, but I have UConn in it. And let me think, let me think, let me think. And this is just a hypothetical. Baylor. We don't know if they go. No, no, be. Baylor got to play UConn. Mm. Never mind. No, well, well, we, well, you could do that, like, because, I mean, this is just, like, if you could. So it doesn't Nah, but Baylor has to play UConn, though. Yeah. So they wouldn't both be in a title game. Um, Bracket's not out yet, though. Yeah, that's yeah, what I'm that's saying. True. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that, that's so true. You, you can say that. You can put them in there if you want to because the bracket's oh, not I, made. Oh, I ain't putting them in there. Uh, UConn, we already know Marquez. Stanford. Ooh, okay, I want to pick Stanford. 
because I told Marquez. Because I told Marquez I was going Stanford, and because I told Marquez I was going to go with him all the way. So UConn and Stanford, that's who I have in the game. Okay, was, who you have winning? Who you have winning? Mm. We, didn't get, we didn't get. Oh, we didn't get. It's a tough one. We didn't okay. get that far. We didn't get that far. Okay. We didn't say we'll come back I on just that. said we'll I didn't say who was going to win. I just said who do you have? But that is a tough one. That could go. That honestly, I think that that game can go either way. Yeah, Stanford versus NC State. Okay, Stanford. Oh, oh, I thought you was asking who was going to win. Never mind. I was about to say, I think my (laughs) ideal matchup would actually be Stanford UConn, only because like they have Mm -hmm. so many good games in the past where you know Stanford would break a streak and they were just good games. And I think that's true on both ends. Like they have a lot of youth that obviously haven't been there before, so it's kind of just like who is gonna you know who is gonna rise to the occasion and I think Gino and Tara obviously the resume speak for themselves um so I just think that's my ideal matchup I think it'll be a really good game um with a lot of you know counterpoints and chess going back and forth because they are just so good with that um yeah so I think that's who I think that's my ideal matchup if I had to just pick two teams Okay, I like it. I like well, and it. also, like, it's been so long since Stanford won. One, I just think they've been so close, especially when they had that run of, like, four or five straight Final Fours. Like, I just think it's – I just think it's their, I just think it's their time. Eric, who you picking? Mm, give me Stanford and Baylor. Oh, Ooh, that's Baylor. Uh, okay. He went different. You're spicing it up a little bit. What made you pick Baylor? I think they play a style of basketball that's going to be just too overwhelming for the vast majority of these teams. I understand like the the concerns about getting them playing too fast or whatever, but they want to play fast. They want to turn you over. They they want to be physical on those boards. The only concern I would have is if one of Egbo or Smith gets into foul trouble. But the thing about Baylor is, like like I said, they're so good at shutting down star players, and they're so good at forcing those turnovers and and just totally dictating the action on both ends of the court. Like, it's, it's, it's totally weird to see a team that has, like, no outside shooting still be as so good as Baylor. And I think there's something to, I think there's something to that. So, you know, I do like the Alyssa Smith's game, too. Yeah, she's she's really good. So yeah. she's she's nice. I'll yeah. I'll spice it up a little bit and say Stanford versus Baylor. Stanford and Baylor. That's a good one, okay. So, so we got a, two people with the same Stanford Baylor. This is this Stanford is what State. Do. This is what we're gonna do. I'm gonna revisit. Unless this. they play each other. We we all go. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring all of y'all back. Right when the tournament's over, I'm gonna bring all of y'all back, and I'm gonna I'll, wait a minute. I wanna see wait wait wait. Closest. Can we do Final Four? Do y'all want to do the final four? Do you guys because do we just did No, no. I think I think she means when to come back, like when she wants to come back yeah. on the show. Do y'all want to do the final first, four? That's up to then you guys. Do that because I don't. Know. I don't want to do after, and I just got to hold all of it. Okay, so, we'll, so give so me we'll, final so, four. And let so me choose again. So when if when I'm it comes to the final the four, season. when it comes to the final four, I'll bring you guys back, and we gonna see how close we all were. So we have to remember what we said for the final four teams. And see if we were if it, it, it like I want to see if at least one of our teams is in there, the one of the teams we picked. Now I feel like Eric and Marquez are going to be the most accurate, but it's still going to be fun to see. Wow. Well, actually, can we do this when the bracket actually gets released? Yeah, we could. We could do <laughs> it. Like, oh, okay. 
Okay. That would make more sense, wouldn't it? That's even better. That's tomorrow, right? (laughs) Yeah. Tomorrow, right? Okay. Yeah, we could do that. We could we could do that when the bracket gets released. Like a part two, because then like I can see like who's playing. And then we can talk. Okay, about the cool. Matchup. Yeah, okay. Because so it will be the actual released, matchup. Okay. When the brackets get released. We can have you back on. And we can talk about the matchups, and we can talk about how Tennessee is going to lose in the second round. Sounds good to me. All right, all right, babe. When we make it to the Elite Eight, I don't want to hear you say nothing. I, I won't know because they're going to be there. Pro. You know where Tennessee's okay. going to be at? They're going to be in a room playing Warzone, watching other teams right. participate. Right. Well, that's that's good too because then they're not being exposed to like COVID or anything. Exactly, so. exactly. Eric, see, it works out for it works out for everybody. Everyone's happy. All right, <laughs> y'all just comedians up in here. Okay, bet. See, I'll right. tell you. So we we can do that. I, I, I'm, Tennessee I, win it all. <laughs> I, I enjoyed having you guys on here. Um, we can definitely do that. It was fun. It's always fun when the brackets come out. We can talk about it again. We could go in depth about who these teams are playing and then talk about how we feel they match up with each other. That that would be fun. I appreciate you all. If you have, does, I mean, does anybody want to say anything? Anything you're working on? Uh, your Twitter handles, your Instagrams, where they can find you. Um, if y'all want to get beat in like Call of Duty or something, add my game attack. Which is you can't what's just say exactly. Say <laughs> you can't just. <laughs> I can't just leave. <clears throat> just hit me up on uh, Twitter. I'll give it to you. Uh, what's my Twitter? Ball is right oh thirty-five. My God. Don't even hurt. Okay, Eric. Uh, Bob is right 35. Where, where can the people reach you? What do you have going on? I know you said it earlier, but you can say it again. Yeah, okay. So uh, my Twitter handle is at Nemchaki, where you can find me. I, I post most of my stuff, but um, I'm also He's writing famous, for... He's famous, y'all. He's famous. <laughs> no, I wish. Uh, actually, I don't wish. I don't want to be famous, but I, I, I write at Swish Appeal. Um, I write at Sports Are From Venus, which uh, is soon going to be rebranding, but it's called Sports or for Venus right now. I am. What, what else am I doing? Um, uh, yeah, I have that podcast thing that I talked about earlier. Uh, you're a fashion icon too. You're definitely not. Icon. He's a, look. Eric is a model. He has like some of the most gorgeous eyes and the best beard that you've ever All seen. Right. All right. So All right. hit him up. Yeah, he's looking. Right. <laughs> I, that okay? That's that's not untrue, but <laughs> I digress. Um, we also have our podcast at Double Down WNBA. Um, gonna be doing our team outlooks, our WNBA team outlooks for the 2021 season. So if you like uh, stats and and big nerd stuff, check us out. I'm sure you'll find something to uh, to tickle your fancy. So thank you in advance. Can I ask you a quick question? Just a yeah. quick question from your little potty. Quick, quick question. Um, your top three standings in the WNBA. What's your top three? This, this top is a quick. This is a quick. My top three what? Uh, team that's gonna make it number one, two, three. This is quick, so people think, know what so I basically you know. think she's asking, like, who do you think will be the, the top three teams in the league? Oh, okay, okay. Um, Las Vegas, Chicago, Ooh, and Minnesota. So, I tune in to double down. I think, <laughs> no, 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 hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. This this is because Washington recently or something's been going on about like Emma Meeseman. If Emma Meeseman is playing this season, then I think Washington will be top three instead of Minnesota. We don't talk about Washington over here. <laughs> oh, I just I just brought it up. We'll, Sorry. So listen. We'll, no, nah, you're good. You're good. There's a lot of stuff that's still going on, but as after, of right now, that's that's my Eric. My after after the pod is over, we'll tell you why she doesn't speak of Washington. <laughs> we'll tell you why. Oh, I think I know why. 
it's deeper. It's deeper. But we'll tell you why. <laughs> okay. All right. Whatever. <laughs> go ahead, Marquez. What you got going on? Where can the people find you? Um, y'all can just go on Crystal's regular personal Twitter <laughs> timeline and find me there. Oh Lord. I'll, uh, I'll I'll tweet at him so y'all can find him. But thank you again for coming on. I'm definitely going to have y'all again when the brackets come out. Um, now, when the bracket comes out, we can probably talk a little bit more trash. This is just like a small recap. But when the brackets come out, we talking trash. We we That's when we going to battle. That's when we claiming it. That's when Marquez is going to claim his Stanford. That's when we, claim, when we claiming sets. Okay. That's when we claiming our sets. That's when Marquez is going to claim his Stanford set. Tati already claimed her UT set because they don't count. Eric, you going to claim whatever set you going to claim. And it's going to be fine. All right, now you going to keep hating. Hating on a team that's probably not going to go far. I mean, just let her have a, a UT set because that can be both Texas and Tennessee. Oh, so. oh can I say something? Not really no, the real you can, you can, the real you can, <laughs> Okay, uh, if if Alicia Gray is listening to this podcast, I was not booing her. <laughs> I was not saying anything. Uh, I was not saying anything. Listen, listen that, was my, that, was, that was my that uh, was that was my associate. Uh, he is hold no longer. He, he, we are. We are no longer. We have cut ties with this person. Uh, can no, I? Just, can I just throw joking. something into? Can you I throw something, something into? In. Alicia Gray, if you're listening to this, just skip past that South Carolina thing I said earlier. Just when you hear South Carolina, just just skip past. That wasn't listen, me. That was crazy. Listen, Eric. Listen, Eric. Gray, Alicia Gray knows that you didn't do that. She knows that sure. you didn't. Just she to, knows that you just didn't. Just wanted to hear from the horse's mouth, you know. Look, Gray, if you're listening, Eric didn't do it, but Marquez did. I wasn't even there. Just, <laughs> just, just kidding, Marquez didn't do nothing. But yeah, thank you guys again. This was fun. We're about to claim some sets next time. Um, yeah, you can find us at the Unwanted. We have Instagram now, so you can find us on Instagram at Unwanted Pod. You can find us at Twitter at Unwanted Pod. You can find me on Twitter at Pub1010. And if you want to get beat up Wait. and get what, what? Say something smart. Did, did you? It. Did you? Th- oh no! Did you? You know, on, on that same Twitter. I mean, Twitter on that same Instagram. You had a star featured on there. So you know, it, they're very famous on Instagram. Go, 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 go! What you mean me? Button. You mean me? Yeah, I was featured on the Instagram. Oh, not. You. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. So I was talking about. I was talking about. You cut you you keep what you keep what you, keep you, you keep cutting out. I said talking I was about talking about Reagan. Oh, Reagan's cool too. You know, Reagan is a star, but I'm just saying because I'm older, I take star privileges. So Reagan's cool too, you know. Okay. But you know, yeah, Eric, where the Eric, don't make me fight you. Oh, I didn't I just said okay. I just said okay. I don't I didn't, what did I, I didn't, say? I didn't like the way people have been picking on me all week, so I felt like you was picking on me. I'm yeah, they have. I'm not, not in that instance. <laughs> but yeah, um, again, like if you want to, what I was going to say is if you want to catch me during a game, I'm not going to be like Tati and be like, play against me and not get my gamer tag. My gamer tag is Young Puppers uh, with the ZO2 at the end. So yeah, come play Call of Duty and watch me lose because I'm a noob. But after, other than that, it's been fun. It's been real. Peace out, y'all.